Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at High Volt Leadership. Hey everyone, it is another episode of the Female Founder Friday podcast and I'm so excited today. I have Erica with me here and Erica, I'm super interested in talking to you today and actually learning more about your journey to being a female founder. I know that you are like bi-coastal, which is so cool to me. I'd love thank to you. hear about how that developed because that's so <laughs> okay. Um, so thank you. Thank you for making some time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm super excited to talk to you and share my story. And um, yeah, I'll just jump in. I, yeah, um, do it. Do it. So I I grew up in what I didn't know at the time was an entrepreneurial family. Um, in fact, now my sister runs our family's third generation real estate business um, that she, yeah, that she took over from my mom who took over from my grandfather um, in the town where we grew up. And at the time, you know, like I just thought everybody, <laughs> I mean, not, I knew it, not everybody, but you know, it's a small town and, you know, a lot of, you know, people worked for either, you know, businesses where, you know, you knew the families that were running them. Um, and so for me, it was nothing unusual. No one ever came home to complain about the boss because like that was part of the family. We were having supper with that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but it was also, um, I, gr- I grew up in a town called High Point, North Carolina, which is the home of home furnishings. And so, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of furniture manufacturers um, in the area had been the kind of hub of, it's kind of like the, it's what they call the Detroit of furniture. So, you know, Detroit manufactures cars. It's sort of like, uh, there's a, that, not just car making, but all the kind of ancillary um, businesses that support it. So the same with High Point. Um, there's a huge transportation network that runs kind of all around the U.S. for deliveries. Um, there's lots of lumber because there's lots of like forests. There's rivers that shipped everything. So it sort of set up this perfect place, and and the labor market was there. So um, there's a you know biannual home show that happens there, and so I was exposed to this you know home furnishings, homemaking, interior design. Um, and along with the family kind of real estate business, I was like in homes my whole life. I kind of grew up in the residential world, just thinking about how people live. I would go with, you know, my mom or even sometimes my grandfather, we would go to homes and sort of either my 
parents were looking for something or it was like part of our family. Um, and I would rethink like, oh man, you know, if I could redesign this house, what would I do? Like really needs a makeover. It was really always the first thing, but like, you know, I always had ideas. And so then I, I went to school, studied fine art as an undergrad. And then I went to, um, interior architecture for grad school. Uh, and then I went to work, um, in, as an interior designer, I did that for about 10 years all over the world, doing wow. lots of big kind of corporate and institutional projects, um, some high-end residential. And then I came back to the U.S. Um, while I was there, I kind of transitioned into marketing roles because I was really good at taking the stories and the, um, you know, the design ideas and helping the marketing teams, you know, understand them enough to make them really succinct to pitch to clients. So I became kind of the transition between the design team's ideas and how they got sold as, you know, new business. Yep. And so I did that about 10 years ago and I, I started, I kind of moved over to the dark side of marketing, um, went back to school, studied, got a better, you know, foundation of like how, you know, marketing and branding, um, you know, the foundation for that, for business and um, have been doing, my current company, Starit Creative, I founded in 2020, along with a lot of other very bold and ambitious <laughs> women who started businesses in the in the middle of COVID. Yes. Um, yeah, and I did it sort of out of um, yeah. I really don't know what I was thinking because there was so much chaos at that time in every part of the world. Um, I left the company I was with, which was a huge tech company. Um, I was sort of sitting in between the design team, the kind of environments team and the marketing team sort of, you know, bridging those roles. Um, and just the idea of remote work, working for another company, going onboarding, kind of doing any of that remotely really just was, that was just a no way for me. Um, I was going through a divorce. Mm. Um, it was like the world was shutting down. Nobody knew what was happening. And it was a really confusing time, but the only thing I knew, the only confident choice that I could make at that time was like, I just have to do this on my own. I have to do, you know, I have to see, you know, cause I can't go back and, and work for someone else right now. I just, I, there's just too much going on. I'm too distracted. The idea again of remote work for another company just made me not want to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I thought, no, um, so I, I called up uh, or emailed, in fact, all of the manufacturers I knew because I had been working, like I said, as an interior designer um, and marketing um, for the home industry. I called up all the manufacturers that I knew, the home brands, um, and these are companies that make, you know, furniture, light, lighting, rugs, art accessories, like nearly anything in the home you can think of. It's usually made, a lot of it is made in the U S or yeah. there's an office in the U S right. so I called up all the people I knew. And I was like, I know what's happening for you right now is that you have got to digitize. You've got to either transform your business if it's not been on a digital platform. Sure. Um, and, and you have to rethink the way you market to interior designers because people are for the, you know, somewhat foreseeable future, you know, the way we sell and market to each other on a B2B level is changing. So how can I help you? And from that, I started with a few clients and some are still with me today. And I, I started a business and I was scared as hell every single day because I thought like, okay, 
you know, what do I, what do I not know? And then I was like, everything <laughs> like, when it comes to, you know, invoicing and contracts and taxes yeah. and, you know, setting up, actually setting up a company. And yes. then I've got to find people who want to work with me. And I'm like, do I, you know, I got to a certain point after, after a year where I was like, okay, the world is changing again. Um, some of the problems I'm solving for my clients are shifting and changing and that's great. But how do I want to continue to run this business? Yeah. I was running it digitally, of course, because we right. could, <laughs> and that was really the only option, but I was like, okay, so should I get an office space? Should I, you know, grow this like an agency model? What do I want to do? And I, and it caused me to kind of shift again. Like I thought, no, because of the things that were happening in my personal life, I I'm going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to just continue making enormous changes in my life. And at that point, that's when I, um, when, when we were talking kind of before off, off, offline, how do you say off, off the pot, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, I was saying that I, I live now in between, um, two Souths, the South, like North Carolina, where I grew up, um, and then the South of France. So, um, you know, COVID gave me the opportunity to see if I could run my business digitally anywhere. Um, and I have friends that I had known for many years who were living in France and they said, you know what, just come here for a couple months, the length of your tourist visa and see if it feels right. See if you can live here, see if you can adjust and see if you can, you know, coordinate the time with your clients in the U S and in in Canada, like, how can you, can you do it? And I went for a couple months and I said, you know what, there's an adjustment obviously in the timing and how I work, but I can, and I did. And so throughout all these kind of different stages in over the last three years, but even before I, I kind of realized like, you just have to continuously take chances and in yeah. your business, they're informed in, in many ways, but sometimes they're not. And you have to kind of be bold and go forward. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a few minutes because I've got another answer to the question. I think we're going to keep talking uh, yes. <laughs> when it comes to that. No, but <laughs> but I, I'll stop there. I love yeah. that. Like, I think as female founders, I, I talk with my clients a lot about intentional risk. Yes. That's what I hear in your story is, you know, first and foremost, really believing in yourself and your skills and your experience and the value, the value that you bring. Um, I love the way you leveraged your network. I think there's a lot of power in our, in our networks, personal and professional networks. Cause I don't think you can discount the friends encourage you to come to France, right? There's a lot of power (laughs) there. But I love this idea of you followed your gut, you had mm-hmm. a calling, you saw a need, and you just continue to take intentional chances, mm-hmm. right? knowing that success is as likely as failure. And I think sometimes we tend to focus on the failure too much. Yes. In fact, success is just as likely. It's yeah. just as likely an outcome. And look well said. It. That's so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I just, I think we're programmed. I mean, our brains are programmed yeah. to focus on the risk, right? Yep. The tricky yep. is we're not running away from saber tooth tigers anymore. I mean, that was the original <laughs> survival, right? Is we were going to get eaten. That's right. We're now, now what we're managing is some 
personal risk, some reputational yeah. risk. Maybe there's financial risk in there too. I mean, financial, mm-hmm. yep. But realistically, yeah. that possibility of success is still is is just as much in existence as the possibility of failure and everything. Absolutely. So I love that. I really love. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think there's so many of us that in, you know in COVID. We encounter, we dealt with a lot. Like it was traumatic and we're still recovering. It really was. It's true. Yep. We're still, in many ways, we're still trying to figure that out. But I, I love that you, you, you took that and you made something really beautiful uh, from it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Eric has taken my leadership style quiz because I make every guest take it. Um, <laughs> I took it twice, actually. <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about her leadership style. Cause I'm sure you uncovered a lot about yourself now leading a business. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, if you want to take the quiz, you can check out the link in the show notes, or you can just jump over to highvoltageleadership.ca. There's a little orange button at the top of the page that says, ironically, take the quiz. You can do it right now. Yeah, we make it obvious. Um, <laughs> it, it only takes, what, a few minutes, Erica? It's not. Oh, it's super fast. Yes. Yeah. No, it's fast. great. It's a lot of fun. You're going to find out something interesting about yourself and the way you show mm-hmm. up as a leader. I'm also going to send you some of my top tips so you can be a more effective leader right now today. Um, but tell us, what was your leadership style? What did you get out of that quiz? My leadership style is coaching. Uh-huh. and. Uh, that's no surprise to me at all. Um, that word, of course, is a little surprising. I, I, I don't see myself as a coach, but more of an educator. Um, I, I was an educator for for about five years. I taught at the university level while I was just kind of transitioning out of graduate school while I was working. Um, and I, yeah, and I loved it. Um, but I, you know, coaching means to me it makes sense. Um, I'm a, I am a kind of reformed people pleaser, <laughs> but I'm also well, an empath. Eat every Wednesday, bring wine. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, you know, my, my, my deepest and most sincere hope for anyone like I've ever worked with, but especially people on my team, kind of people either working with me to create a project or, you know, as employees, um, I want everyone to succeed and I'm like dead serious. I, I want people to discover their purpose in life or in their business and in, in, in my business and the business we're in together and then achieve whatever goals are important to them. Um, I know what that feels like for myself and I want other people to have that feeling of achievement because once I think it's kind of like once you taste success, once you see your potential, it kind of amplifies, like you're able to see, okay, well I can do this. And now how about if I tried this? And then what if I tried this? And like that, that momentum is something you have to, I think you have to kind of show and prove to yourself. So I want people to see their potential either with a team, because that's also an empowering experience. And I've been on really great teams where at the end of it, you're just like, man, yeah, we are 10 times what one person is. And that's, that's great. I love that. But I want people to see and realize all those things. So I, you know, I, I've also been on really crappy teams with (laughs) managers, (laughs) managers who were the worst and they like really held everyone back and they were just sort of in it for themselves. And I don't want to be that, that person at all. I, you know, I certainly think coaching feels spot on. 
I love it. Well, I I think you nailed it. I I think, you know, as someone who spends a large part of their day, like before this conversation, I've already had two coaching calls this morning with clients. Amazing. I love love being a coach, but I think one thing that you highlighted is that being a great coach is actually not about me. It Mm. is absolutely about helping and supporting and guiding others. Yeah. Recognizing their own powers, their own brilliance, and then really being able to bring that to life. And you talked about being in a great team, exponentially increase the potential of everyone in that team. If you are leading from a place of selflessness, it's not about me. And that's, I think what makes a really fabulous coach. Now, Do we all have to layer in little bits of being directive? We got to give people things to do. We got to talk, you know, we got to say, I want this done by Friday. We have to be able to delegate, right? And then follow up and coach. And we have to be supporting. Like, you know, the quiz is um, really about identifying, you know, your strength, but also knowing that leadership is situational and different people, different things from us. But in each one of those, being able to coach people along so they uncover what they need in order to be amazing. Yeah. I think that's a superpower. That's that. that's me. That's me. I don't know. <laughs> What's your leadership style? Well, I am a hundred percent a coach. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> makes sense. Right. And that whether I'm consulting and someone hires me for my expertise and my knowledge, mm-hmm. um, or I am purely working in a coaching context. Mm-hmm. I'm always coach-like. I ask lots of questions. I provide ideas and insights that some people, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Sometimes people need to show you something. That's right. Um, but always the idea that it is about supporting and growing and nurturing and guiding others, yeah. that that runs through all the work I do. And I think if you really embrace a coaching style, like you've said, you recognize that that's actually the purpose underneath all of it. So I love that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, thank you for this quiz too, because it, like you said, it's, I mean, I, I did take it twice <laughs> and not, not in a row, but I took it once earlier yeah. when we first met and then I took it again. Um, but I think it's so the questions are really easy to follow and they're like, you will know one, one of them will resonate with you for sure. Each answer for for each question. And then, yeah, it takes like just a couple minutes. And then Thank the you. insight you provide is, is great. So yeah, Thank highly you. recommend people do that. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for that little plug. I appreciate that. Uh, I designed that quiz because I think for many of us, we get into our business because we, we have a question we want to answer. We see yeah. a gap that we, we know we can fill yeah. and we build, and we have two jobs at that point. We have the job that is the expertise that we have. And then the second job is that we have to build a business. We have to start leading ourselves in a team, right? So entrepreneurs yeah. actually have two jobs <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for real. That's what makes it hard. It's also yeah. what makes it exciting and interesting and such a growth That's opportunity. Right. But often what happens is we don't think of ourselves as a leader. We don't identify that we are leading. And let's Mm. be clear, you're not just leading in your business. You lead in a thousand different ways every day. If you let let someone with two items in line at the grocery store, you're a leader. If you hold the door or help the old lady across the street, that's leadership. 
you lead your kids. Like for many of us, we're moms or we're aunties or uh, we're sisters, right? And so mm-hmm. we lead in those roles too. And when we can identify what our natural way of leading is, then we can lean into that and we can mm-hmm. understand that maybe there's growth opportunities in the other spaces. And yeah. that's awesome because leadership means constant growth and evolution. And you know what, too, you, once you really start to have that insight, you know what to ask for from other people, from people who are leading you, obviously, um, people who are on your team, like you have to articulate and be able to communicate those needs so that other people, you know, I mean, people don't, the worst thing we can do is assume that other people know what we're thinking or other people know kind of what, (laughs) what's in our mind. Um, But yeah, communicating that and making sure people are really clear on, you know, where you are and what your expectations are. And it's leadership. Yeah. It's leadership. Um, I quote this all the time. Brene Brown says clear is kind. And it really, yes. <laughs> she's, a, she's a genius. I, like, she's honestly, a genius. If I lived totally. in Texas, I would totally stalk her. Um, <laughs> we're coming for you, Brene. <laughs> yeah, we're coming I know. <laughs> Please call me. Send me the, um, no, but I, I really love that phrase and you, I think you articulated it really beautifully. Yeah. That, that when we can, when we can show up as our best self as a leader, when mm-hmm. we can be clear in, in the way that we articulate, and when we yeah. can ask people to give us really great feedback, mm-hmm. um, that's a beautiful cycle of growth for everyone. It's yeah. really powerful in businesses and in teams, big ones mm-hmm. and small ones. And I work with a variety when, when we can actually um, be bold, be clear, but also deliver that with kindness and empathy and compassion. Yeah. That's really powerful work, yeah. especially in small businesses, because we depend so heavily on each other. Absolutely. Yep. Right. So oh, I yeah. just love that. Oh, this is, just, I'm like goosebumps. This is such a great, oh, good. <laughs> um, I want to ask you the big juicy question. And again, we were laughing about oh, this yeah. before we hit record, where have you made mistakes or missteps? Like, tell us about that and what you've learned. Cause that's yeah. the golden nuggets. I'll say, Oh Lord. Um, I have messed up <laughs> so many times. Um, I, I don't know if it's like a personality trait or if it's more of just like a survival instinct, but just like, I don't look back. And and I will say this is true in in a lot of my life. I try not to think about how many mistakes I've made, how, you know, I don't want to worry about things I can't change, right? Um, <laughs> spent some time in that soup and didn't like it and sort of said, okay, enough. Like, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I still don't make really terrible decisions sometimes or I, you know, I don't mess up. I will say kind of on a big high level, a, one of the biggest things that I wish that I had known maybe sooner um, is that I wish that I had not played small in mm-hmm. my work for mm-hmm. so many years. And I, you know, that comes from some personality things around again, like being a people pleaser and thinking that if, you know, I worked really hard and I, um, I, I did really the best work I could do, which I always had 
you know, achieved to do. And I feel really good about that, that I would get the recognition for it, that I would, you know, I would be promoted or I would be, you know, recognized. And what I learned in 20 years of working in many different types of companies around the world is that the people who get the recognition for the work, not even the best work, but the people who get recognized and get promoted and get sort of like accelerated through their careers are the ones who ask for it. They're the ones who are visible. They're like out there putting themselves in front of the right people and getting, you know, being part of the conversation. And so I think I've, I've messed up if I could say it, I'm not sure. I don't feel like it's a regretful thing, but I feel like if I had to coach somebody on this or, you know, I, I would say make visibility a priority in your, your work. And I think what we're, what we're hearing now, or what I hear a lot of, um, is that a personal brand is really important. Yes. Um, this, this language wasn't like around until quite recently, <laughs> I would say, um, yeah. you know, so I, I think I would have worked more on my own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading recently, I don't know, do you know, um, Bozema St. John, she is a marketing mastermind. She mm-hmm. was the CMO of Netflix and Pepsi oh. she did marketing for like Apple, wow. I mean, huge brands, maybe Uber wow. too. Yeah. So she, she said something and she, I think, you know, I, she came into my world simply because she's in marketing and I'm in marketing and she's marketing for these huge companies, but she is so bold in like the way she puts herself as, I mean, she's representing in her, in her roles has been representing these large companies, but she's still the face of like her own self. Like she's representing herself in such a super cool and bold way. And I really respect that. I think a lot of women can take a lesson from that. And I think she even said something very recently about this, like, you know, your value comes from people knowing the work that you do, right? You have to tell people and not just show them and don't hide behind the work thinking the work is going to show for you because honestly, the work is what your job, that's your job. (laughs) Your job is to do amazing, excellent work. You know, your job is also to kind of show up as, as the, the driver behind that too. So I think, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've messed up in a way. Um, I mean, we could get really granular, but I would say that one of the things that I, I really, I really would like to kind of, you know, encourage people to do is sort of be visible, be without being, having an ego about it, but like own your work, own your ideas. Don't let people speak over you in meetings. Don't let, you know, there's always an office echo. So be careful that the echo doesn't (laughs) take your ideas too far. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I really like that. And you're right. I mean, the word mistake makes us feel like it's something that we horribly messed up on, but in all reality, I think it is, there's an opportunity in that to reflect back on what I wish I'd done differently. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Yeah. Yep. I talk to my clients about there's a difference between bragging, which is that ego space and confidently owning and talking about what you do well, where your brilliance lives. And that's, uh, that's part of my purpose life purpose statement is to be the high voltage extension cord that connects people to their own inner brilliance. Mm -hmm. And then to your point, being able to confidently talk about that. Right. To, to have a personal brand. What does it mean to be you? 
What are mm-hmm. you bringing to the world? And if right. you're not actually talking about it or sharing it, aren't you doing a disservice? Honestly, that is such great advice because I think a lot of times two people think someone's going to tell me to tone it down or someone's going to tell me to like, you know, just just keep it, keep it down. Or I feel like there's always this sort of anxiety, maybe especially for women that being bold and sort of saying things that are a little bit provocative or not provocative in a way that like cause people to sort of think about things in a different way, like that there's something wrong with that. But I think that's actually how innovation and and really kind of brilliant new things come up. What do you think that the marketing team at Mattel was doing when they sat around and were like, how are we going to market Barbie core? Like all kinds of crazy, bold, exquisite, amazing, unprecedented ideas came out of that. And they were like, yes, 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 yes. To every single one of them, (laughs) you know, and that was a play at probably an environment that was a super fulfilling, I would say as yeah. a marketer, because you yeah. could just sort of say and do whatever, but what if it was like, you know, what if it was like that all the time? What if you, you didn't feel the pressure to kind of, you know, filter what you were saying or, or edit or, you know, feel like things might not, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think have to be perfect. It <laughs> was to be gained by that. Yeah. Right. And we get, we get so in our heads. Yeah. We get yeah. so in our heads about it has to be perfect and it has to be, yeah. well, I just did this the other day posted something on LinkedIn. And at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write it. And uh, I'm just going to get it out because Mm -hmm. um, editing myself in my own head isn't serving me. So I'm going to write it. And if I need to save it and come back to it, I can do that. But you know what? At the end of it, I gave it one proofread. I press send. And actually it's a great conversation that I've started. And so don't edit yourself. Um, Perfection is not expected you are a human and you get to iterate and grow yep. and learn and try again. Yep. Back to the conversation about take intentional risk. Yeah. Be bold and be brave and courageous yeah. not because the positive outcome is equally as likely as the negative. And if someone tell if one person tells you to right. tone it down, ignore that. If 25 yeah. <laughs> people tell you to tone it down, I don't know. You might want to look at that and be like, is that real? Or is yeah. that one man's opinion? Right. But honestly, just do it. Do the bold thing, right? I I love that. I love that you brought that to the conversation today. Like, just do it. Just be bold. Own it. Yeah. Own it because you know what? It's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's not serving anybody at all if you don't try it, right? As long as it doesn't hurt someone or it doesn't cause, you know, it's not going to cause damage. You have to do some like really risk assessment, literally. But honestly, like there's no risk and, and just brainstorming, (laughs) first of all, brainstorming with a friend or a colleague, um, you know, or coach. Yep. Coaches are great out there. Do some of that work. That's a judgment free space. No, I I think you're right. Brainstorm without editing and then go back and reevaluate what's really viable here. Right. you know, what, what, what is, what's the time, what's the capacity, what's the financial, like all mm-hmm. of those things have to come in, but if of course. you get from that space, right from the start, you might be missing a really beautiful opportunity. Yeah. I completely agree. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all afternoon. About I know. <laughs> Absolutely so beautiful. Thank you for this conversation. And I hope Thank if you're you, listening Lindsay. to this, that you, you know, play big, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like your brilliance needs to be out in the world. You're doing only it one of you. Service. Only one exactly. of you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you again um, for your time. It's just been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Oh, so very welcome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.